0: You're listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people-pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five-step power pathway that takes you from people-pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim, and I'm so happy that you're here today. And today my guest is Catherine Winch, like pinch. (laughs) Did I get it right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. And we're going to have a great conversation, particularly around Catherine's book, which is Slay Like a Mother. I love, I really want to add that word on the end that we would normally say that follows mother. (laughs) And it really could be if you read the book, but nonetheless, let me begin with a quote and then I'll jump in and let Catherine introduce herself. So the quote that we're using is one of Catherine's and I love it. It is, tell your mind to zip it. Your soul has something to say. So tell us who you are. I know about you. I've read about you, but tell the audience who you are And how did you come up with that quote?
1: My name is Catherine Wench, and I have a couple roles right now. I'm the founder and CEO of a consulting company called The Mom Complex, where we study the lives of women and mothers all around the world. And we help mostly Fortune 500 companies come up with better products and services for mothers. And then I also wrote this book, Slay Like a Mother, you know, that you mentioned. And that quote is from that book because for so many years of my life, this mental chatter, this negative voice in my head was just so overpowering, always telling me that I wasn't Good enough, thin enough, nice enough, mom enough, tough enough. And it just really wore me out. And through meditation and therapy, I learned to get my mind to zip it. And then now I can really listen to my intuition and kind of my, you know, what my soul has to say.
0: Mm, I love it. So great. So this is masks off where we take off our masks and we return to our true and authentic selves. That's what this show is all about. And so when I was reading your book and you talk about slaying the dragon, and of course, we'll talk a lot more about that in a few moments, I kept thinking slaying the dragon is a lot like removing your masks because the dragon and the masks are interchangeable. And so right from the very beginning of your book, page seven, literally, and I just shared this with you before we started recording is. I'm like, Oh my God, it's freaking me. This is me. Like I felt like we were one in the same when I was reading this, but I want to really draw attention to the bottom of page seven, where you talked about all of your accolades. And you said, by the end of middle school, my picture perfect room was overrun with ribbons and press releases from skiing competitions, soccer pins, gymnastics, excellence in academic certificates straight a report cards and i'm thinking yeah if i go down the basement and i pull out my containers i have all those in there and you know one of the hardest masks for me to remove is the perfectionist mask so can you say a little bit more about that
1: yeah if you're a perfectionist and I'm a recovering perfectionist so I understand your motivations quite well and um and so are so many women that I've studied all around the world and you know perfectionism is often a tendency to impress the external world to have everybody believe that you have everything buttoned up there's nothing wrong you don't need any help you know there's nothing here to see And if you overperform in a lot of different areas, um, then the thought is that it'll make you feel better on the inside, but it just doesn't work that way. And it wasn't until I was 35 that I realized that I had the trappings of success. I had the titles, I had the trophies, I had the accolades and I had since I was a child, like you said, and I was empty on the inside and I felt very hollow and people were impressed, but I was, it wasn't right for me you know and um and i didn't feel good enough about myself and so it's just fascinating to just cut to the chase like the middleman is the external world like we want to feel better about ourselves so we want to impress the external world and then we believe that that will make us feel better about ourselves but it doesn't and so if we just cut to the chase and learn to love ourselves we don't need the run around of killing ourselves um you know to try and feel better about ourselves
0: I totally agree. And for me, the one of the defining moments in my life was when I was nine years old. Actually, I was 10. I was in fifth grade. And up until fifth grade, I got all the report cards that said, Kim's a pleasure to have in class, aka she's quiet. She doesn't cause any problems. She doesn't disrupt. She's invisible, so to speak. But I was average. You know, I, I wasn't getting the accolades at that point. It was just doing my work. And then my fifth grade teacher said to my mom at the parent teacher conference, you know, Kim is capable of doing so much more in her life. She is way, you know, capable of so much more. And so when I heard that my ears perked up and I was like, okay, let me start applying myself. And then when I did, I started getting those A's and I started getting those comments on the papers. Excellent job. Like great. You know, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And so I started liking that feeling because prior to that, just being, just being a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, seven-year-old little girl, just playing in the mud and in the snow, playing in the leaves wasn't enough anymore. It wasn't enough, or even then it wasn't enough.
1: Well, it's never enough. I mean, that's the thing is you yeah. can be seven years old and, you know, wanted and, and, you know, if you don't feel good enough on the inside, then the external, you know, validation temporarily can make you feel good about yourself. But as I talk about inside and say, like a mother, you know, the litmus test is like, if you get a big promotion at work or you accomplish something in your life, even if you don't work outside the home, then it's like. Eight days later, is it gone? Like, does it no longer matter? You no longer care that you became the vice president that you always wanted to become or you raised the most money for the PTA at your child's school, whatever, like you achieve it. And then eight days later, you're like, what's next? Because it's just a machine and it's going to eat up everything you know, in front of you and just back to the, you know, topic of the podcast, like the mask. So that's what happens. Like we don't feel good enough about ourselves. So we very often channel that into perfectionism and, you know, working overtime, but then we wear this mask and we say, we don't need help. And we're trying to excel in all these different areas and be seen as a good, my wife, daughter, sister, mother, woman, whatever, boss, employee. And, and then we wear the mask and we don't get the help that we need and deserve because we're too embarrassed to ask for it because it all stems from the fact that we don't think we're worthy.
0: And then resentment sets in as well at that point. Oh,
1: so yeah, we, we're, fantastic, we're fantastic at that. Like we're <laughs> so overworked and, you know, overwhelmed and in our minds, we know we need this help and everything, but we never ask for it. And then we get so pissed when people, you know, aren't helpful. And, um, I have found in my own journey that when I opened up and I asked for help, people want to help you and they want to support you. And all it takes is a little bravery, a little honesty.
0: And I would add on to that, not only asking for help, and that's very hard for the people pleaser, which is the other mask that I have worn. And I talk about all the time, but in addition to that, like cut back on stuff. You know what I mean? Cut back. You don't have to take on everything that you do. So I just did a TikTok on how I used to have over 30 people on my Christmas list, 30 people that I used to buy for. It it was insane. And it wasn't even like just one gift. It was multiple gifts. And then I had to wrap them all. And then all the other things to get ready for the holiday, getting the food, buying the food, And then by the time Christmas would roll along, I was exhausted, but who said, who was telling me that I had to buy for that many people and that many gifts. And that I had to do all of that work. No one was holding a gun to my head and saying, Kim, you need to do this. I was doing it again, Catherine, for that external validation, because then at the end of the day, it was like, oh, this was such a wonderful holiday. And oh my God, what a great gift. It was more of that outside stuff.
1: Yeah, it becomes like water and you're thirsty, you know, and (laughs) it feels good. (laughs) And um, but it's just too much. Like we just can't stretch ourselves that then. And people don't care about the stuff we do as much as they care. We think they care about the things that we do. And um, you know, and when you start backing away from things, you really start to realize that like the the world doesn't need all these extras as much as we're doing them for like you said, the accolades and, um, you know, I just stopped sending Christmas cards last year. I was like, I can't do it anymore. It was so stressful for me. And inevitably I would mess up the program with the addresses and then, you know, that whatever it was just long and it was stressful and it was really expensive. It was hundreds of dollars and I was sending them back to, I mean, geez, like just people, we barely even know. And then I'd get stressed out when the new ones came. And then I was like, Oh, we don't have them on their list. (laughs) Anyway, I was like, I'm done. And I feel so much relief. I didn't realize how much that was really like hanging over my head, even like mentally, not just, you know, the physical labor.
0: Yeah. And I was so, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna, I was going to ask you, how does it feel now that you're not sending those Christmas cards to all those people that are used to getting them from you?
1: Yeah. I get, I honestly haven't really thought about it. Like it's been so much of a relief for me, but I got one yesterday from somebody that I really love. And I thought, I wonder if she thinks I just, I don't send them anymore or that I just took her off, you know, my list. But then I also thought like when I go into people's homes, I see 50 to 75 cards. Like, do people really even know that I didn't send? Them? <laughs> like, There's a lot, you know, I don't th- I guess yeah. they're sitting around like, I don't know, where's my card.
0: And you know what? And listen, at the end of the day, it's okay to send Christmas cards. We're off on a tangent on Christmas cards, but there's an underlying message. If you love doing that and that makes your heart sing, do it by all means. But if you're doing it from guilt or obligation or shame, cut the shit out, like just stop.
1: Just stop. Yeah, it's Let's like stop. and I go back to. I wrote a blog post on this one time. It goes back to what is your intention? If your intention of sending a Christmas card is to document your family, to have a nice photo, to save it in the photo album, and oh by the way, you send it to other people, have about it. But if your intention is to not let people down or for people to not think that you're lazy or don't care about them, like, yeah, I can't imagine that's going to be the takeaway. You know exactly.
0: Exactly. I'm with you on that. Okay. So I want to go to page 36 then. So you said you shared for years, I did whatever it took to hide my wounds. But trust me, when I tell you that wounds can be healed and when they are, you will begin to experience life in a whole new way. When you're no longer contaminated by the idea that you need to please prove and perfect your way through life you begin to see small magical moments of joy every in everyday occasions if you are wondering am i really a people pleaser or am i really a perfectionist i can help you find those answers and discover what you can do about it right now to shift into your power or maybe you have an idea that you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist but you're not sure to what extent you are one. You can find out more by taking a people pleaser and perfectionist quiz. The link is in the show notes. Oh, that's saying to my heart, because that's who I work with people, pleasers and perfectionists. And that was me, please perform perfect. So tell us, can you elaborate a little bit on that and your journey to going from prison to paradise?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was definitely a people, you know, pleaser. And my self-esteem was absolutely drawn from the external world, you know, and then it's fleeting, right? Like you got to wait for it. You got to work up for it. It's not every day. It's not in your control, but that's just the way I thought the world was, you know? And then, um, I just started to, feel like maybe I was having like a double life in the sense that people were like, oh, it's so neat what you're doing at work. Oh, you must be so proud on the outside. I was like, yeah. And on the inside, I was like, no, Yeah, <laughs> feel like I'm not fulfilled. And it seems to the outside world that I should be. I get that narrative. Like people are looking at my career, my husband, but like I and those were wonderful things for me, but I just felt very hollow and empty, you know, on the inside, which was hard for people to understand, but I get it. I was wearing a mask for 20 years. So, you know, what do you expect? But, you know, now like to back to that quote, like, I'm in control of my joy. I'm in control of my happiness. I can be lit on fire on the inside, just from seeing a flower. I mean, I know it sounds so like dainty, even, you know, frou-frou, but that when the world, when your world and your self-esteem is based on the external world, like it's in limbo all the time, you know? And so it's just magical to be reminded that I'm in control of my self-esteem and how I feel about myself. And um, it's a practice, you know, I still have to work at it, but I'm a hell of a lot better at it now. (laughs) (laughs) that was before.
0: Hallelujah. I hear you on that. And you know, I think I'll add in too, is that wearing all those masks for so many years, it's like, I saw the world. I was looking at the world through like a shroud, if that makes sense. So things weren't clear. And now that I'm working on healing from within and I'm learning to remove the masks, That's why I am seeing the world so much clearer than I used to. So that if I see a beautiful sunset, like right now I'm in New York, but when I'm in Florida, in Melbourne, my house in Florida, I have the most freaking amazing sunsets and I see them every single day. And one would think like, okay, you saw it yesterday. Like, but every day I see that freaking sunset. It's so magical and beautiful and it reminds me of how grateful I am just to be alive. And I could not have said that to you 5 years ago, 10 years ago because I would have been looking at the world through this shroud.
1: Yeah, I like to think about it as it's like gunk on a mirror. Yes. You know like you can't see your true self. You can't um you know, see the world for what it is, like it's coded in something. And you know, you kind of have to work through that and get it off. And then you can see clearly, and you know, now I can make decisions so quickly about my life, about any decision where when you're making decisions based on other people, doesn't that take so much longer? Like, oh, what's this person gonna think? Oh, uh, am I going to say, I guess yes, can I say no? Can I say maybe? Can I ha-ha? And now I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that, you know, or uh. Or you know, whatever it's just faster, it's easier because um another metaphor I use is like a sailboat. And when I was relying on my self-esteem from the outside world, there was no rudder on the sailboat. So when the winds would blow and it was like I did something wrong or something didn't go my way, it was like, you know, it was nauseous. <laughs> yes. Versus like now with therapy and lots of self-help book and, you know, podcasts like this and listening to them and learning from other women. Like I built a really deep rudder so that the winds still blow. They just don't blow me over anymore.
0: Absolutely. And what you're also saying too, that I'm hearing is by, um, tuning in more to your authentic self, you are more in the place of having Authentic yeses and authentic no's. So it's like a hell right. yes. Right. Hell yes. Right. This is a yes. yes. Or hell no, I'm not doing that. So that yes. becomes so much clearer. But when you wear the people pleaser mask, as thick as I used to wear it, you yeah. don't know what's yes and no for yourself. Right. <laughs> right. Whatever
1: depends on the person in front of you. don't end up in situations that are like bad energy, you know, that you just don't want to do. So for example, my son's school, they have a fundraiser every year and we went to my husband, I went one year and it's not our thing, you know, it's not our thing to get dressed up in fancy clothes and stand around you know, and make small talk and and all the expense of it just to, you know, and we're like, we're just gonna make a donation to the school, but we're not going to the event. And it's like, that's a whole evening. That's hours of time that, you know, you can still give back and do good, but you don't have to say yes, just because it looks bad if you're not there. Like, yeah. It's, it's a terrible way to make decisions and it's so easy and we all, you know, fall into it, but we have the ability to get out of it. And, you know, I'm not a magician. I didn't wave a magic wand. Like I'm just a woman from Richmond, Virginia. And I did the hard work and the homework and I learned how to love myself. Mm -hmm. And so if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, it just it's a practice. It takes work. And, you know, it sounds like you were in a place where you didn't have a choice. Like you just reached a point. It sounds like that you were like, I got to figure this shit out. Like I got learn to love myself. Right.
0: Yeah, totally. And I love how you, what, how did you just say that it was hard work and home? Wait, hard work and homework. Did you say
1: that I did the hard work and the homework the hard work. To about yeah. myself and learn about, you know, we study math and science and you know, the weather, but we never study ourselves. But I really studied myself and I, I you know, like yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Me too. But I mean, personal growth has been my is my core value. My two core values are growth and connection. So thus doing this, but I have been a seeker since I was little. And I've been on a path for 25 years of just, you know, my first Al-Anon meeting, I think I was 28 when I went and I'm 54 now. And that was kind of the beginning and opening for me. But it it was so many things. I read so many books, took so many courses and, and just going inward every day. Like you said, you know, I've gotten a lot better, but I'm not perfect. I'm not all the way there. You have to go inward every freaking day, every time the pattern comes up because it will, life will come up and it's about pausing and going inward and then and healing the pain from the past that may still be showing up or whatever the case is. So, and then I just want to um share too because you said on the bottom of page 235 is that you said I realized the hole inside me wasn't a lack of happiness, but a lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. I felt trapped, caged, chained to a hamster wheel going nowhere. But now with my dragon dead, I'm free, free from feeling stuck, free from hustling ooh, to be loved and from a heaviness. And I so resonated with that because I used to feel this heaviness every freaking morning that I woke up and it was like, oh, I don't want to deal with the day. And now I wake up, and I'm not going to say it's perfect I'll, here and there once a month or, you know, a couple of times a month, maybe I'll feel it. Then I go in do a meditation, do some, you know, TLC with myself and I'm good, but it was every day that heaviness and now to have the freedom and the lightness and spontaneous joy. Like that's what you're saying. Can you say a little more about that for you?
1: Well, one thing I want to say is that that's so beautiful that you've, you know, done the work and everything you just described, the feeling that you have, the lightness, the freedom, the joy. This is why self-care is not selfish. Mm -mm. There is this narrative in the United States that women and mothers in particular are taking care of themselves. It's just not allowed, you know, that we have to be these martyrs and we have to put everybody else before us. And it's kind of branded as being selfish. And I see it in workshops with women all around the world, you know, and they're like, well, I would, I would go get a pedicure, but you know, I don't know, I don't know what would happen at home. And it's, it's not okay, you know? And so people think it's selfish taking time to read a self-help book, you know, taking bubble baths, but like when you really go inward and you have to have time to do it, it will change your life. It will change your perspective. It will change your beliefs. I mean, it'll change everything. And so I hate that it gets branded as selfish because it makes women, you know, shy away from this really important work.
0: Absolutely. And they say on airplanes for a reason, put your oxygen mask on before assisting others. And although they mean it literally on an airplane figuratively, we as women, as moms need to do that as well. We're better for our families, our loved ones, our jobs, our careers when we are taking care of ourselves first. Yeah. So I have five rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite food? French fries. Ooh, I love French fries. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Fiji. What's your favorite way to take care of yourself? We just talked about taking care of yourself.
1: I love therapy Mm. and I just love learning about myself. And that's how I take care of myself because the more I learn about myself, the more I can make different decisions and change certain behaviors or do more of something. And it's just a gift that keeps giving (laughs)
0: Without sounding really weird, we are so similar. I'm not even saying that just to say that to you, but I really hear myself in you for sure. My husband's
1: always like, why don't you just read trashy romance novels? I'm "I'm trying to save my soul. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh my God, I hear that. So name one book that changed your
1: life. I am reading a book right now that's really changing my life and it's called White Women and it is about uh our ignorance towards the black community black women and um it's very eye opening and again back to learning like I'm really growing I'm really learning about things that um I didn't see before but I see now and I can't unsee and um I just, I love it. It's really, really, it's, it's a tough read, but it's really needed. And I'm really grateful for the authors.
0: Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. What is one tip or takeaway for the listeners?
1: That uh don't wait too long to love yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that eventually we end up in a place where we love ourselves. You know, when we're in our sixties and seventies and eighties, and we care less about what other people think about us. But I think we should all just aim and strive to get there a little bit faster. If we're, we're going there anyway, so if we can just get there at thirty-five or forty-five or fifteen, or help our teenagers at fifty-five or help our teenagers at fifteen, you know, yeah. then it's, it's a good way to live.
0: I love it. I totally agree. I really enjoyed having you on. This was a great conversation. I will have all of your information in the show notes. Um, but just in case someone is listening right here, how can they find you?
1: Um, you can find us on Instagram at Slay Like a Mother, or you can go to slaylikeamother.com and you can sign up for our bi weekly newsletters where we send out lots of tips and tricks for how to slay your dragon of self doubt.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Catherine, for being a guest today. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of masks off. And if you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe or hit like, and I will see you next time on masks off. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people, pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember, remove your masks and create the life that you desire.